Pod episode 27, where we always discuss the latest Nebraska issues. I'm April, and I'm here with co hosts Melody and Stephanie. How are you doing, ladies? Hi, April. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Good. (laughs) What is happening right now? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, There's a lot going on to talk about. Uh, this has been a week for the ages. I thought we were just going to come on today and like talk about all the cool uh, election work people can do, mm-hmm. of which there is so much. Um, but it's actually, there's so much more going on than that. What should we talk about first? First, I want to well, hear, April, you said something about your weird bird thing. What's going on? You can't. Oh, well, we need an actual to- blind in your yard to take photographs <laughs> to identify your birds now. Have we reached... Yeah getting a blind pinnacle darkness um no yeah now there's a bird i couldn't identify and i knew it had to be a juvenile because that's when it's hard to identify because it's not with a standard picture you see when you search and it had a lot of spots which usually again told me it's a juvenile apparently it's a starling so not very exciting but uh-huh. um whatever they haven't been really as bully as people say so it's fine but it's been driving maybe us crazy that we couldn't figure it out. Maybe the little ones are nicer. <laughs> maybe. They learn it from their parents. <laughs> Melody, I heard you have an es- a, a super escapee dog again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Marigold. Marigold. She is... We- on the fence it was not tall enough so we put lattice like gardening lattice up so that it would be taller and now it's over five feet tall the dog this week started climbing the lattice she just climbed over it she's so horrible i don't know what to do oh my god i don't don't know i think you need to get the dog into like you know the dogs that do the challenge courses or whatever yeah she's agility yeah she's really agile she's kind of i mean she's fast and she's nimble maybe she could win you some money awards you know what was wild is i have um neighbors a couple stores down they have a trump flag in their yard they have really cute little kids and they come by on their bicycle on a regular basis so when the dog got out this week they almost hit the dog because she was running in the street and they were like pulling out of their driveway they stopped they saw what was going on and then the wife was eating a hamburger in the car they must have just gone to fast food or something and she she must had a double patty she handed me a hamburger patty from her sandwich she was eating to catch the dog Aww. and it worked and i caught my dog That's- um it was a nice reminder that you know, like, even if they had a Trump flag in their yard, they did not run over my dog, even though my yard is covered in political signage as well. And, you know, they're neighborly. We, we are neighborly. So take that as you will. I do hate their sign every time I see it and their flag, but, but they are neighborly people. <laughs> so that's what I got. Stephanie, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, lots of fun things. We're trying to get a couple of extra weeks of use out of the pool by hooking a hose up to the hot water um, behind the washing machine and filling it up, which is pretty exciting. That is so clever. I just think that's Shelby got a little tote out of the garage and she calls it her hot tub. So (laughs) (laughs) that was so cute. I really want uh, my kid also accidentally had four ice cream cones yesterday 
at the end of the day, I was like, you want to go get ice cream? She's like, this is awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, she's had four ice cream cones a day. But to be fair, no. the first three were tiny mini ones. No, no. The first one was definitely a twist cone from Runza because they're oh. a dollar. Yeah. Um, Runza has the best sauce. We're little cones. And then the last one we got at the, I don't know, dairy sweet or whatever, because I got a funnel cone. So, or funnel cake, excuse me. It was good. Mm. <laughs> Runza has the best soft serve, uh, and it's only a dollar. I've eaten hundreds, hundreds of Runza ice cream cones. Hundreds, for sure. I have still have hundreds of the little coupons for free ones, and I just tonight was like, ah, and put them in my purse for next Nice. Time. Put them in my purse, April. Kids <laughs> <laughs> <Good> meal. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Um, first up, something funny. Uh, Jen Day is running for legislature, Nebraska legislature, mm-hmm. and her opponent is a Ricketts appointee and obviously has a real crack team <laughs> for his campaign. Oh, my gosh. His last, was it a mailer? Idiot. I think it was a mailer, yeah. Because it, was it, it wasn't a palm card. It was a big rectangle. So yeah. Those are usually mailers. It is ridiculous. It says, all across America, crime is a growing problem. Anarchy is ravaging communities. What this has to do with Gen Day, nobody knows. The protest. Well, here's the thing. Let me put, put a little context. The race is in, it's like from Gretna to La Vista. So south of Omaha, um, in these kind of suburban, uh, very white neighborhoods, is where these two can. It's Andrew Legrone, who is a Ricketts appointee, and Jen Day, who is opposing him. And yeah, he put in all of this race baiting language about anarchy in the streets in Gretna. I guess I don't. Oh no. And then there's a big picture of, quote, Jen Day that is not Jen Day. <laughs> it is someone on her campaign who's wearing a Jen Day shirt. But lots of people have Jen Day shirts right now. They're like, oh, it's a, radi- a lady with red lipstick. It must be Jen Day. It's totally ridiculous. And dark hair. Must be. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so but totally you should vote for him and put him back in the legislature. Oh my God. He's not Thank even goodness. an elected official. He is an no? appointed this that is is quality of a Ricketts appointee. <laughs> People who are totally and completely incompetent. And mailers, by the way, cost thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like the printing and the postage costs, they're incredibly expensive. Yeah. So to have the wrong person on your ad like they could have printed it and been like "Ooh, hold on that's not gen day and chucked them but they actually then also spent the um mailing costs well and the other thing is like bad ad it's amazing that level of incompetence and it's also lies so the rest of the mailer is accusing her or insinuating at the very least that she is um against police and maybe even wants to defund them. Now, regardless of how you or I feel about defunding the police, she's actually against defunding the police publicly. So it's just a whole hot piece of garbage. And I'm just, if there's one piece of thing, good news out of this, her name is super memorable for voters. Jen Day. Jen Day. <laughs> Who's going to remember the other one? Name. Vote Jen Day. Jen Day. Jen Day. Anyway. Yeah, I thought that was really the wrong person oh my gosh, oh my gosh. look okay idiot? while we're on this track what i want to go to the next idiot thing okay tp usa they have this event and i know you knew more about this melody so you're gonna have to help me out they have an event is it it's coming up in omaha and um tp usa is a crazy right-wing um organization started um what's his name he's young billionaire funded organization fronted by a guy who never went to college with the purpose of 
thing, like his main thing is college doesn't matter and it's not important. And he, he uses college students to spread his messaging because actually he does think college is important. (laughs) Well, anyway, they're having this event and their Facebook page specifically says no masks allowed at the event. And everyone was, well, okay, obviously not as supporters, but the rest of us normal people were super pissed. Like, how do you get away with that in Omaha with a mask mandate and all of that jazz? Now, it also included language around you have to sign a waiver accepting the risk of not wearing a mask. Yeah. It was nuts. It was totally nuts. And then he came back, well, they came back and said, oh, that was an accident. That was just a... we just edited, um, copied and pasted an old previous invite from an event. And we used to not allow masks, you know, cause people wear like face masks, like, and we wouldn't know who they were like, you know, like a full head mask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You knew what you were doing. You had the, you have the whole, um, sign a waiver if you're not wearing a mask thing. Well, Don't believe I think, me. Okay. I think it's easy interesting they're sending him to Omaha we've already had two Trumps come to Omaha and now we have this guy coming to Omaha the Republicans are very very worried Don Bacon is not going to keep his seat and I think everybody listening should take that as a sign that you can do more you should do more we are so close to having someone who is not from a party that actively uh, holds white fragility as a value. We're so close. We're so close. I support Cara Eastman uh, because the Republicans are terrified they're going to lose that seat. They know. They know it's not looking good for them. They know that Republicans are garbage and people are really waking up to that. And that district has gone blue before and they don't want to lose any electoral vote. And in theory, in a red state, shouldn't be so hard for them to get. And so they're doubling down. And if they're doubling down, it means we have to double down. Yep, for sure. So two ridiculous things. Now we are going to have to mourn a little bit. RBG, she's gone. She's gone and it's sick. I know. I felt sick when I heard it. Like my stomach actually churned. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, I think you were sick. <laughs> uh-huh. I was just getting ready to eat dinner when I got the news, so I didn't eat dinner. And I didn't feel well. I still am not entirely sure I feel well. I think mostly it's really bothering me that like she spent a significant amount of the end of her life uh, looking out for what was best for the American people, which might not have aligned with what was best for her. And uh, that bothers me. I've been thinking about her and really comparing her to Senator Chambers, who has been termed out of the legislature. And it feels so big that they're gone. Um, You know, she's actually gone from life and he's gone from the legislature. But this idea that collectively we are putting all of the pressure of all of the problems on the shoulders Mm -hmm. of our elderly heroes. Mm -hmm. And we refuse to let them retire in peace because we refuse to do the hard work to take it on ourselves. And like our entire nation is missing this, we're missing uh, the middle piece. Like we have all these emerging youth Mm -hmm that are growing into their power. And then we have our elderly heroes that are retiring. And there's this whole section in the middle where we have basically like our state government, it is all, it just passes bad policy. It does, it hurts people all the time. And what, what, what are we doing about that? You know? I have, a, I have something that might piss people off and you might not agree with. Um, I think, my parents' generation is to blame for a lot of it. That that generation yep. sat back and did nothing. Yep. Nothing. 
And I'm so angry because I'm 40 now and my parents are part of it. They don't listen to this. <laughs> my dad turned 40 when I was a junior in high school. They had me very young. I'm 40 now and I've already been involved. I never once saw them involved in anything. Very rarely did they talk about national stuff, but I couldn't have told you anything except the governor growing up. And that was because I lived in the capital city and the governor's kids went to my school. <laughs> Anyways, I just, I do think that's a part of it. Obviously, despite the gap that happened, we're going to have to step up and make it, make it better for our kids because I, I can't live like this. I can't, I can't pass this down to them. Stephanie, how are you going to move forward? I mean, you have to eat at some point. What are, what are you going to do? <laughs> I've been eating a lot of sweets. Um, I mean, I have been uh, writing postcards all weekend. I signed up for a couple calling shifts. I can't control a whole lot, um, but those are the things that are making me feel a little bit better um, in this. Do you agree what I was saying about the other generation, the previous generation? Me? I do. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, my couple of my family members, just they're like, you don't need to deal with that stuff. Other people deal with that stuff. And I'm like, mm, I don't really like the job they're doing. So also they're not, they're not right. doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not a real that. thing. Like when we started seeing red, for example, right. And we started this podcast. There's no collective voice of um, leftist writers talking about state politics. It just didn't exist. The work was not being done by someone else. If you don't do the work, just assume it's not being done. There's, it's you, there's nobody else. Pretty much. If Stephanie doesn't write these postcards, they're not getting written. <laughs> she's, she's like doing them right now, I think. And she's because she's I am. a multitasker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't surprise me in the least. I'm writing, I'm writing postcards for Planned Parenthood endorsed candidates this weekend, and it is helping me a little bit. That's excellent. So. I donated money to, I think I just kept doing more and more. I think I got up to like 12 candidates. <laughs> Mocha's focused a lot on the Senate, but also Nebraska legislature, some embraces that are really important to me, and some people, like some educators who are running that are really important to me. Um, because you've got the federal government and then your next line of defense is your state and then you're local and you can't just just donate to you know to Biden or just to I think when it comes to donating money I think it's really important to donate locally if you have a federal race that you really care deeply about you know go ahead do your thing um but Nebraska and small red states like Nebraska. So like if you live in Mississippi or you lived in Alabama or you lived in Louisiana, um, basically the South and then kind of the middle. National politics don't fund our states. They don't think that we can win. They don't think we're competitive. And we are, we're missing a lot of infrastructure that we should have if there was actually an equitable way that political spending gets spent, but there really isn't. Um, I will say that there are some good places if you really care about flipping the Senate that is laudable for sure. And I think Pod Save America has a fund, I believe, where they're just distributing it to competitive races. Um, but definitely, if you want the Nebraska Democratic Party, you could give it money to, I think, um, for sure, we have some candidates that we love here at Seeing Red. Um, so, you know, definitely try to keep your money as local as you can. But for sure, these national races need money, too. So, Well, and April, weren't you talking to me about Pod Save America, that they did like half the donations in Act Blue on Friday night, and they're doing like some crazy 40-way split? I have a update. Okay, so everyone else who doesn't know any of this, listen to this. All right, so Friday night... In the hour after our BG died, 
Act Blue set a one-hour donation record of collecting $6.2 million in a single hour. And the second hour, 9 to 10 o'clock, they broke that record with $6.3 million, which is insane. And the what was previous the record, record? The previous yeah. record was set less than 30 days ago on the evening of Joe Biden's acceptance speech, and it was $4.3 million. Now the update that I read this afternoon is that since her death Friday night, there has been $100 million in donations made on Act Blue. And say what you want, like our candidates perfect no, and is Act Blue a measure of who's gonna win? Absolutely not, but it is, is getting me through this time to see how many, because that's you and I, that is regular folks who are throwing are in dollars. Dollar yep. And that is inspiring. And yes, Pod Save America, it could be up now, but at the time they had up to $3 million for their fund, which will be split between 13 Senate, key Senate races, which is- hey, Stephanie. Um, uh, I want you to know that this is the 27th episode and we're talking about campaign fundraising. I just wonder if you had anything to say about that on the 27th episode. I always donate $27. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I donated $27 to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's campaign, which (laughs) is great. Um, Bernie Sanders just sent out a fundraising email that included Cara as one of the six candidates um, that what? they're donating to, mm-hmm, to his little mailing Get list. Get it, Cara. Yep. That's so, awesome. I always recommend donate $27 to candidates if you can. Love it. Everybody do it. So let's talk about a few local. We talked about Cara. I'm just going to throw out a few names just in case you need some. Um Tim Royers is running for legislature and he is an award-winning, amazing teacher, possibly one of the smartest people I've ever met. We need him in the legislature. Lynn Walls is up for re-election. Carol Blood is up for re-election. We, Stephanie Pleasant is running against um, Geist, which would be a great win if we can pull that off because Geist is super, super uh, anti-women's body rights. and. She's bad. And it's bad. It's so well, bad. And aside and, from Geist being bad, Stephanie Pleasant is a lawyer who has mm-hmm. a record of fighting for women. Like she's incredible. Yes. So she, it would be a huge turn, mm-hmm. especially in the wake of losing RBG and who knows what's going to happen to the Supreme Court. Um, Brody Weber is running against Mike Hilgers, who's an NRA crony and does almost nothing. And Brody Weber actually like attended the school I work at like the year before I started, mm-hmm. of course, but he's like mm-hmm. a Northwest Lincoln darling and just a good guy. Like he's, he's hungry. He's going to get it. That's who I'm writing postcards for tonight. Nice. Aww. So, um, and then of course we said Jen Day. Can you guys think of any others or should we move on? I don't remember. Kara uh, Eastman. Yeah, I, I, I think that. I said her, but maybe not. <laughs> Kate Bowles. Kate Bowles. Kate Bowles. Oh, and um, right in Preston great. Love. Yes. And right in Kate Bowles. I forgot Kate Bowles. Oh, my God. We talked about her yesterday, and I donated. And I know we're nonpartisan in what we do, but the reality is is that the Nebraska Democratic Party is doing a fantastic uh, get-out-the-vote, vote-by-mail campaign um, and giving people information on you know, just making it as accessible as possible to everyone so that everybody can have their voice heard. And so donations there always make a huge impact. I gotta and, say the Democratic Party's killing it. Like they're doing these big mm-hmm. yard sign giveaways. And I love um, the state party chair, uh, Jane Club. She is, she's going around and posting all these photos from these towns I think most of us have not heard of with their huge huh. barn Biden signs, like Biden cares about rural infrastructure. Yep. It's so, and it's just, just like this, like, yeah, there's this party atmosphere going on. I love I it. I really hope that the yard sign pickup parties follow in the after time. 
Me too. We didn't really have them in the before time, but I like them. <laughs> Me, too. Me too. And I like the drive-through part. That makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Why mm-hmm. should I get out of my car when I have to put it in the trunk anyway? You should yep. do this. Mm-hmm. I actually went to two in the last week. I have a bunch of signs on my porch for other people to pick up. <laughs> but um, the other thing I would say, and Stephanie, you can speak more to this, I think, because of your experience. Um, the Democratic Party has no money in Nebraska compared to the Republican Party in Nebraska. Like the, the stuff they pull off with the tiny amount of money compared to the Republican Party is amazing. And yep. if we want a better world, if we, if we don't like what the Republicans are doing, you should highly consider donating there. I'm just saying. Well, hey, you I know. get a lot of bang for your buck. How I think about the Democratic Party is I think about, I want Democrats to get elected because that is who I want to fight with. Yes. I, I want Democrats to get elected so that I can fight them because they actually can move with the data, they they care. You can actually move them left and say, you know what, you're not thinking big enough. You, this bill, we have to stop it because it has racist undertones. Um, you know, that's what you get when you elect Democrats. We have a bunch of Republicans, they don't care. You can say, look at the data. It shows if you do this policy, lots of people um, will be harmed. And Republicans are like, well, but Pete Ricketts told me to vote yes, and he pays for everything. So, so that's the thing. Like, I partisan politics have lots of problems, and the yep. Democrats have not been angels through. They have been a very much a part of how we got to where we are today with all of our political problems. But if we elect Democrats, they actually um, fight in good faith unlike Republicans. You can't actually fight them in good faith because they're just there to do harm. And uh, listeners, I want you to know how Melody knows this because she ran against a Democrat, Kate Bowles, (laughs) (laughs) to fight with her, to help her move a little left. And it worked. And now Melody is full. uh, Melody is a big part of the push to get Kate elected. (laughs) I tell you because, what, if we send Kate to Congress, oh my God. I'll still be fighting her in Congress. Mm-hmm. She still won't be left enough for me. But, but I you would can rather fight, fight with Kate of- <laughs> than someone who doesn't even won't take a call from anyone who's not a Republican. Yep, won't let you in his office. There's a buzzer. Anyways. So I think Gosh. it's important for people to think through that whole context. Like, you don't have to like the Democratic Party, but you can mm-hmm. fight them and you might win. You can't fight the Republicans and win. Yeah. Like I don't call Sass or Fortenberry. There's no reason. Or Fisher. They don't listen. And I used to think I could, you know, in 2016, we thought, oh my gosh, we're going to tell them this is crazy. And oh my God, because they were, everyone was surprised that, nope, we've learned. I, I'm not going to yeah, beat you- my head against a wall. I'm going to do something else that will get somebody who will listen. Nothing is more politically popular than a healthcare that doesn't bankrupt you. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that. It's not like everyone loves it. It is so popular in Nebraska and they don't care. They don't nope. care. <laughs> Even on popular issues that we all agree about, they're still this is, bad. This is a perfect segue because another very popular Nebraska um, concern is medical marijuana. And even the Journal Star editorial is blaming the lawmakers and saying it falls squarely on you. I, for one, want to remind listeners that it was Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner who brought it to the Supreme Court challenging it because he's a piece of work, elected official, who should maybe not be reelected someday. And he's Hopefully the same guy who was long. pulled the chick with the braids to the ground when she was peacefully outside of the, he's, or it was his forces, I'm sorry, that were, were the ones who escalated the BLM thing downtown. So anyways, there's that to start. But now the Supreme, the Nebraska Supreme Court, because of that challenge, 
has now ruled that it wasn't a single issue, single subject. And so therefore there's a rule that it has to be a single subject people are voting on. Melody, Stephanie, what you wanna comment on that? Mm. I mean, I guess we talked about the bill, but about the editorial. I was surprised that the journal starts with such a strong Senator hate stance. They're not wrong though. The senators can't, they're not doing things that are really popular. And they don't always have to do things that are really popular in Nebraska. That's not always their job. But they couldn't get Medicaid expanded. They can't get marijuana passed. They can't figure out a tax code that makes sense. They can't right. do anything because the governor in year 2016, he ousted members of his own political party because they would not do what the executive branch says. And here's the thing, folks. We have three branches of government. The legislature is not there to do what the governor says. They need to work with him and try to get things through the sausage factory and get it made. But they're not at his beck and call. They are separate branch of government. And there are enough senators who have forgotten that, that the system is just not working anymore. I don't, I don't think they've forgotten that. I think that they were bought and paid for and don't care or honor what our legislature is supposed to be about. That is probably more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we got a little bit more to talk about yet. But, um, oh, this has been, been a week. Good, it's been an episode. Like, I'm feeling like, oh, so... James Skurlock, who was killed in Omaha, um, the man who killed him, I'm forgetting his name, Jake Gardner. <laughs> I wanted to say James. Um, Jake Gardner um, was not um, arrested. And um, originally, the DA was not going to press charges. And after pressure, they investigated, found um, according to the news, like some of the most damning evidence that was used to indict him was from his own cell phone. That's about all we know. And um, but because nothing happened all summer, he took himself to Oregon. And now tragically this evening, we find out that um, he took his own life. And now there is no justice for James Skurlock. And there's no justice for Jay Gardner. Like, yeah. If he should, they're now saying he had all these types of mental illnesses is what uh, this is now coming out today. Why was he able to have guns if he had that level of PSTD? And we know veteran suicide is a really big problem. Why did, was he allowed to have guns? Why was he allowed to kill somebody, not face any charges at all, including the illegal gun charge because he was illegally carrying that gun? That killed James Furlock because he was prohibited from having a firearm correct well he had uh, I think his concealed carry permit had expired that's right that's what it issue. was um, so he was but allowed to have a gun he wasn't allowed to have a concealed gun which he did and I don't think you're allowed to have a gun where you have a liquor permit um I think it gets a little squishy if it's your own bar and it's not open and serving liquor but but regardless, he definitely broke a gun law and he was not charged. He should have been disarmed at the time you murder somebody while they're investigating and figuring it out. You yeah. could just disarm people for that period. And he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't charged, nothing. And then this whole grand jury thing came out and um, he was still armed and dangerous, living in another place. And he took his own life with a firearm, maybe even the same firearm. I don't know. Um, and so now we have two firearm deaths and both of them were easy to, uh, easy to not have had happen. So I would say neither of those men are getting justice at this point. It's like, it's just such a sick problem that we have in this culture with guns where we think that guns are an appropriate way to solve life problems. We know firearms are the number one method in Nebraska suicide. Yep. Uh, we know that J. 
Jake Gardner thought firearms were a way that he thought his property was worth more than a life. We know he went downtown to hunt black bodies, found one and killed one. Um, like, and, and there's this whole conversation that's happening across Nebraska, which is, well, but wasn't he protecting his property? Because we have so internalized this really sick idea that property is worth dying over. It's worth killing over. And it isn't. It just isn't. Nope. Yep. So if, you, if any of our listeners have kind of had those feelings, because it is very internalized in our culture and you may have thought that yourself and it doesn't make you a bad person it means you're just susceptible to what our culture is telling us and we all are susceptible and we have to be always analyzing that kind of thing um you know think about that and try to break that narrative from inside of you and you're gonna have to do your own self-work but property is not worth dying over you don't go downtown to try to and kill somebody because of your bar it's the whole premise is gross and also the reason your life isn't worth property either right like there are people who own a gun because they think they need to protect their property and that gun there there are deadly accidents there are your child who gets a hold of that there are there's no reason Mm -hmm. nothing you own is worth it nothing anyway that's great think this is just another symptom of like capitalism and consumerism gone terribly wrong and unfettered racism yep well there's you just wrap it all in the white fragility just wrap it all up in a racist bow so my kid when she wants to do something she's not supposed to do she gets all weird and it's like freedom and like this little old like (laughs) Kentucky accent and I just wanted to say that but thought it would be weird yeah fair fair well um our last topic that we had planned at least tonight also about racism um the news this week of ICE and the hysterectomies performed on detainees is just jaw dropping in a time when I didn't know my jaw could drop anymore. And that's not just racism. There's a word for that and it's called ethnic cleansing. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a this is a crime in countries all over the world, including our own. Mm-hmm. Right? That is insane. I think it speaks I was not I did not find the news um, shocking because I've just felt for a long time, I think there is no bottom at ICE at all. And I mean, once they were ripping children from mothers and losing them, like they just lose them. Once I knew that, and once I saw those babies in cages, um, I knew there was no bottom. But what I also what I also knew is we have a real lack of heroes in this country, mm-hmm. a real lack of heroes. And you can't pull off a hysterectomy program without hundreds of involved people. And why is right. it just one woman who speaks up? A black woman. Right? Right. And I immediately went back and thought about the little girl who died in Omaha. She died of a fever and respiratory problem. She was 10 years old from El Salvador and she died in Omaha and the public didn't know for over a year. Hey, Omaha. She was an ICE detainee. Yeah, but those people yeah, work in Omaha. In Omaha. Mm-hmm. Why didn't anybody leak it? Hey, you know, there was a minor that died in Omaha. We thought the news should know. Mm -hmm. Like people knew, probably 20 to 50 people knew. How did that not go public for a year? How did we not as a nation know that we had lost another child in ICE custody? It's because people in Omaha who knew about it or in the surrounding areas 
they just went along with what was horrible that was happening. And if you are in a job and you see something that is immoral, I don't even care if it's illegal. I'm not talking about what's legal or not. If it is immoral, if it goes against your moral compass, you have to speak up. You have a duty. Yes. How long has this Georgia program been going on and nobody said anything? Right. Don't know. Is it going on in other places besides Georgia? I'm going to guess yes. It's crazy. I mean, I think, you know, you said you weren't shocked because (laughs) you, you you knew there was no bottom. I guess there's a difference in my mind between being heartless, you know, and then this systematic program of ethnic cleansing. I mean, that's like a Hitler type of program. That's different. Like to me, that felt different. Like, I guess I can't, I'm not surprised that there are bad people, but I am surprised that this is happening in my country. Yeah. I am angry. Did you want to say something, Stephanie? I was just going to say lots of things remind me of Hitler recently, but I, I just, I know. Okay. Sterilizing so young women who are trying to escape um, terrible atrocities going on in their country. A lot of which I'm sure the United States had some hand in causing in the first place. It just is sickening. Yep. You know, I'm for my job, I am showing some students about a book about refugees in another country. And they're like, well, what are refugees? Like the word's not familiar. And I said, well, people who, you know, risk their lives and flee their country and cross the border. And then I said, kind of like the ones crossing our border, they're fleeing for their lives. <laughs> That's what it is. And we absolutely, as Stephanie said, have a history of interfering and meddling in those South American and Central American countries. And this all falls on, on us. And if the previous generation didn't do it, I'm not gonna sit back, you know? Well, on a brighter note, this is what I was saying about Democrats before, right? Like our immigration system did not just get horrible when Trump got elected, but it got worse. And it is now so bad and we can't work with Republicans to fix it. That is why we have to send uh, more Democrats to Congress and a Democrat to the White House. That's why. Yep. Because we can fight them. And if mm-hmm. they want to do mediocre immigration and just fix the atrocities, but like keep having a bad immigration system, we can fight them. And, and they'll be up for the fight. But we can't fight these Republicans. They don't have souls. They don't care. Yeah. They aren't. They don't fight fair. I'll tell you a story um, that might kind of explain that or uh, be an example of that. I, right before the 2016 election, I was uh, traveling with my union in in DC and um, Fortenberry was on our plane. And so we talked to him and I begged him in front of this crowd, I begged him not to vote for Trump. And he laughed, ha, 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 like he does. And he says, you know, that's, um, you're not the only one who has been telling me that. I live with three women. His wife and his daughters were telling him the same things, apparently. And he still voted for Trump and still defends Trump. As you said, there's no bottom. No bottom. (laughs) Anybody else. I feel like the bottom of Democrats is mediocrity, right? There's really amazing Democrats out there, but the bottom is like mediocrity. And I can work with that. We can grow from there, but there is just, you never can get to the bottom of our current Republican party. There is none. There's none. And the other thing I keep reminding myself is that not only is it people that we can push on and that will re, you know, can listen to reason and understand science, but also their staff and support system is much different. And I feel like 
The Republicans have staff and support systems that can't get a picture right. I don't know. There's the mailer sent out where the guy didn't even spell his own name correctly. I think it's the guy <laughs> running against Elliot Poster. Didn't even spell his own name correctly. Oh, my so God. I just emailed Jacob Campbell this weekend. Oh, he yeah. is running for my vote. He, the company pushing out his ad on Facebook is it's it's weird. Philippines. What? Yeah. 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 So I emailed him and they said they're going to fix that. Will they? I'll let you know, guys, because I'm going to keep watching that one. Um, why would a state legislature candidate work with a company based in the Philippines? And he was like, you didn't even know they're just a contractor. I'm like, is this it, how you run gets, your business? What's happening? Um, I, but they're I really business like experts on the economy. Great. Don't you know? Sorry, what did oh you say? Gosh. I what, said, Scott? I really want to see funding his race. Oh, I'm sure we can look, look that up. Okay, so I have one more thing about Joseph Campbell. I knew there was an, or Jacob Campbell, I knew there was another one I missed that was ridiculous. This is a good way to end on a happy note as well. I mean, as a laughter note. Um, his ad makes no sense. His ad says, <laughs> Facebook ad, listen carefully. Helping our communities grow and thrive. Now this paragraph. Every kind of service necessary to the public good becomes honorable by being necessary. What? What? What does that even mean? speak Orwellian bullshit is that? I think they put a bunch of words into a computer and made it make a slogan, and that's what it came up with. <laughs> have you seen when they do that kind of stuff? You know how they have, like, password generators? They have like slogan mm -hmm. generators where you like, just hit the button and it just strings four words together. It makes no sense. No, this is the best the Republican Party can do. And it sucks so bad. It sucks he so bad. He has tons of money. He's backed by Heineman. He, he's, he's backed by Racers. Yeah, he's backed, backed by them all. He is the dar he's a darling of the Republican Party. And, um, Ugh. And, this, and he sucks. He's the best they have, and he sucks. He's using a company in the Philippines. He can't write ads that make sense. This is the best he can do, and it really sucks. Yes. I, I also so, wrote some postcards for Elliot this weekend, just so that yeah. we're oh, And I donated we're, to Elliot. We didn't mention his name yeah. earlier. I donated to Elliot Mostar, too. He's yeah. great on the yeah. environment, and I am... Yep. Flipping freaking out about that stuff. And he's oh a God. Planned Parenthood Action Network endorsed candidate. I'm going to sign in my yard. Mm. Mm. Anyway. All right. I and challenge I think... each of our listeners to call somebody or reach out to a campaign and write 25 or 50 postcards this week. Help them finish up their final, their final push and maybe sign up for a couple of shifts to chase uh, do ballot chasing, you know, call people to make sure they've returned their ballots. Oh my gosh. Ballot chasing phone calls are really fun. They're way better than uh, just like, will you please oh, yeah. vote for Elliot Bostar? They're actually like, they're the people that yeah. already said they would vote for the candidate. And you're just mm -hmm. like, Hey, you didn't mail your ballot back. And then people go, Oh, can you give me advice about a judge? And then you can like, talk right. to them. they're better calls. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, calls. and you get to hear about people's fun voting experiences, which mm -hmm. I love. You know, and people will just tell you their like personal business, and I don't know, they're just oh. they're really fun calls. There's like another thing. I know we're gonna you're gonna talk all night, but there's one more thing because it relates. Melody, will you put in the show notes the link we have on our Facebook group for Seeing Red um, about the um, judges? The judges. And the ratings from lawyers. I, I found that very interesting. And, you know, as an educator, um, a lot of them have very good ratings. A lot are in like the 90s and the 80s. You know, as a teacher, that's A or B. Um, there are a couple of Fs who I don't know if they're all up for voting right now, but we, you should look through <laughs> before you mark your ballot. And I think even a C, maybe they gotta go. These are the lawyers who present and work with them every day. Um, one of them is that? no, and then some of them, um, like one of them is that is it Funk or Funky, the guy who on the Supreme yeah, Court who, on him. who voted against medical marijuana, um, and he's got a C. 
Get them yeah. out of there. This isn't just my opinion. I don't know every legal thing, but the lawyers who the do lawyers work with him, that's the, from the Bar Association. Put yeah, that let's... in the show notes because I have never seen that resource before and I'm loving it. I will do that. I will do that. You know, we should think about how to put together a voting guide on our website. If somebody else, if you're listening and you're like, you know, Seeing Red should do that and I'll do it. Let me know. <laughs> Sometimes we get a little stretched thin, but it's all volunteer run. So, uh, you know, if you have the capacity, reach out, reach out. Yeah. Thanks for potting tonight, ladies. It was great yeah. chatting with you both. See you next week. I want everyone to know that Stephanie, we're all on Zoom and her username is Scotch. <laughs> I just, I want you all to know that I'm assuming she's drinking Scotch. I and drink. I just—I feel she like that was relevant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what do you call them Trumps? You want? No, no. <laughs> You're not Why taking you my drink this? away. End of story. No way, lady. <laughs> what do they call them in uh, what's the movie where they call them Caucasians and they bowl? Uh, the Big Lebowski. They oh, call them okay. Caucasians. <laughs> All fact, right. Well, Stephanie's going to go have a Caucasian and we're going to say goodnight. (laughs) Goodnight. Bye. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne or contact us via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com.